This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Playoffs. And they all wear a whistle, yeah, it's stupid. But what did you expect? It's a podcast called 25 Whistles. 25 Whistles. Well, congrats, Kevin. Yeah. It's going to be good for me either way. Either you're going to be in a good mood or you're going to be mad. Either way, it's going to be fun for me to come in here. But let me get... <laughs> All right, let's start. This is another surprise episode since we are not tethered to anybody. We don't even know if we're ever going to do another show after this one. That's how loose this is right <laughs> now. It is just us because... Let's go to game six, though. And we're going to get, in just a second, uh, Mark Slabo on, who is ESPN's lead golf guy and PJ Championship coming up. We're going to talk some golf in a minute. But we got to talk about playoffs. Game six happens. Tatum hadn't done crap through three quarters. You get, your butt's got to be so puckered because if Boston loses that game, it's over. Mm-hmm. Walk me through the first three quarters and your main guy not being the main guy. The first three quarters were a nightmare, torture, everything. And I said, Tatum, you just got to do something here, man. He you know why I did nothing. something? You know why I did something? Yeah, I, you said that? I called him and I said, Tatum, mm-hmm. he was on the bench. You got to do something here, because if not, Bobby's going to give me a lot of crap on the podcast, and I can't take that. And he listened. I was hurting for you in that, here's the difference, though, because I never want anybody to lose simply because it's their team. The only thing that I get annoyed about with you is not a you thing. It's a Boston fan thing. (laughs) You guys are so entitled. I think you're the most entitled sports city ever because you've won so much. Mm -hmm. And because you're not like a... um, a rich kid who's entitled because their parents grew up extremely wealthy or their grandparents. You've won a lot in your life. You're like somebody who got rich and still expects to be rich. And there's a difference. And there, I respect that version of the sports fan better than I do as somebody who was born into it. So I still don't like you, <laughs> but I, at least I respect you. I get it. Because all if the Patriots, oh, I'm so sad I'm a Patriot fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know how many championships you won? You got to experience all of those with the Celtics. You got to experience. So that's the only Boston. It, so I'm jealous. It's like why I hate Tennessee and Texas. Vols and Longhorns. They win. Mm-hmm. It annoys me because they beat us sometimes. Texas hasn't been that great as of late, but for a lot of my life, Texas beats crap out of us. Yeah. Tennessee, same thing. So it's always like when you hate a fan base, it's not because you actually hate the people individually. It's mostly you're just annoyed because they beat you. So I love Boston. Boston sports fans, I get really annoyed by. That being said, I would have enjoyed going, mm, oh, boo-boo, is it hard today because you lost? But you didn't. Tatum comes back, has like, what, he scored like 16 in the fourth? Something yeah. like that? Was it 16? Yeah, 16? Yeah, I think he outscored him 16 and 12 by himself. Unbelievable. And then after the game, he was like, humbly, I'm one of the best basketball players in the world. Mm. And I was like, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true for sure. So you go to game seven. Oof. In the daytime yesterday, too. Well, that was an early game, right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah, on I a get Sunday. it. I was just surprised for television's sake that they did not put it a little bit uh, later. Even like a five, mm-hmm. you know, game, like primetime. But okay, so how you feeling pregame? It was a 50-50. That's pretty good. Usually I'm like 10-90, any game, seven, or like big game. If it was in Philly, I would have been more so on the other side for sure. But 50-50, I knew we were at home. Jalen Brown called out the home crowd, so I knew they'd be going crazy. And once they got off to a slow start, Philly got off to a good start in the first quarter, and they were leading. 
I was like, oh, no, here we go again. And then second quarter got a little better. They had the lead at halftime. And then the third quarter, they just took it and ran with it. And it was beautiful. I got a question for you. Yeah, it was over quickly. Yeah. I mean, let me say that again. It wasn't over quickly, but it ended quicker than it should have. Meaning, yeah, about the – as uh, not a fan of either. And I was rooting for Boston, really, because of you, honestly. As I got into the third period, like halfway through the third quarter, whatever, I was like, oh, yeah, this game's over. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I rarely feel that way in NBA games because because the shot clock is so short. And I'm mostly a college basketball guy. But because the shot clock is so short, things change so rapidly. And 10, 12, 15, I feel like Doc Rivers was just gave up when they were down 9, 10, 11, 12 points. It, I'm sure he didn't give up. He just looked so dejected. Yeah, that's why I said I wasn't really worried about Philly because I feel like mentally they just are not prepared to handle situations like that, whether it's James Harden, Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid. And we saw it all in Game 7. All three of those guys gave up. As soon as they got down by, like you said, 10-plus, it was like, nope, they're over. They're done. Send them home. Yeah, I've, yeah, they're, they're, they're weak minds. Yeah. They're weak minds. Exactly. And now that whole place is going to implode, and Doc Rivers will end up going to Milwaukee. <laughs> That's my prediction. And get fired in two years from now. I, I mean, I've heard that from like three different people. That's why I say that three people that I kind of trust, where they're like, we we would think that Doc Rivers doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore and go to, go to Milwaukee. Uh, Harden, what are they going to do? Pay him max? No. Because I got to pay him like 180. Maybe it's 180. I'm going to get my numbers mixed up. But you can't pay Harden for that. Embiid, what are you going to do with him? I mean, he won the MVP. You can trade him. You you can trade him. He'd love to go to New York. He'd love to go to the Knicks. You get some. But again, if you're a Philly fan, do you want your team, if you lose your coach, let's say Harden goes to Houston and you have Embiid, are you trusting the process again? Or would you rather see them tank for a couple of years to build back? I That's tough because I never want to tank, but I also understand the tank. Mm-hmm. But what was your question for me? Mine was as a fan. So yesterday, third quarter, or at halftime, I get up, I start doing some stuff around my place and cooking and whatnot, and then third quarter starts, and I haven't sat down yet, right? And they go on this big run in the third quarter. So I don't sit down until halfway through the fourth quarter. You stayed up the whole time. Do you understand? Like, is that yeah, weird yeah. to you, or is that a normal thing? For the Celtics, I wouldn't do that crap, but if it's an Arkansas thing, yeah. I got to go on a... Anything that I have been doing that's part of the formula of the game, and it's going right, I will continue doing it. Okay. If I'm doing it, because what I'll try to do, too, during fall, because that's just what college football is happening, I do push, because I have so much nervous energy, I'll do push-ups every commercial break, nonstop. And I'll get through the first quarter, and I start to get a little fatigued. But if we're winning, I will kill myself, and I will continue to do push-ups at all costs. Yes. If I get really tired and your chest gets all, you know, you feel blown up, and I'm like, oh, I'm done. Then I'm done. If we're losing, I'm done because push-ups didn't help crap anyway. But you never know. Those push-ups might have just been doing the thing. Exactly. Congratulations. Thank you. You guys in the heat. Uh, I'm scared of them. No, you're not. And you wouldn't have been – if I would have said to you, you're going to play the heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, you'd have been like, awesome – you're scared of them because Jimmy Butler and because of the momentum they have, but you're not scared of that team. Not the team, but they're a complete opposite of the Sixers when it comes to mental strength and stability and being able to handle the but moment. But they're also it's, a complete opposite in talent, too. And Spolstra, yeah. Like, they are meant and I think Spolstra's probably one of the top three coaches in the NBA. Yeah. But they don't have the, the weapons that Philadelphia has. Milwaukee has, that we could list all those other teams in the East. They have Jimmy Butler, and they've got some role players that have played really well. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. I'm pretty pumped for you. I feel like you got it. I feel like it's a bunch of, I think it's a, what they call it, gentleman's sweep, five games. <laughs> no way. I think it's a five-game gentleman's sweep. I'm going total opposite from, from last series. I am scared. You should be. It's time to be scared. Like last series, you're like, no problem. We got this. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'd never even say that. Even if I thought it, I would never say it. Yes, you're petrified. Yeah. You're petrified of getting swept. Yes. That's what I would say. Yes, yes, yes. I'd be like, man, I'm just scared they're all going to get COVID and not even be able to play. <laughs> exactly. I'd go the total opposite. Yeah. Well, congratulations. So we're set. We're set with over in the East. It's the bubble again. I saw a graphic on mm-hmm. ESPN. It's the re-bubble. It's the Lakers and the Nuggets and obviously the Heat and the Celtics, but no COVID protocols. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. They're wearing masks on the back of their head instead of the front of their face. Exactly. That's just the opposite. Uh, I, okay, now, before, before we move to the tittle-tattle, give me my credit on the Lakers. Okay, you gave me my credit and you congratulated me, so I'll congratulate you. The Lakers, they surprised me. They keep doing it, and they won pretty easily again over the weekend. So congratulations. I'll give you your credit. You called it, and they've got one more series to go, and then we'll see. No, 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 we'll see. I just told you (laughs) their ceiling was winning it all. Yes. And you said their ceiling was the second round. So they've passed your ceiling. If they lose now... They didn't go past my ceiling. I'm the winner. Price is right rules. You lost. Well, isn't it they went over. Them? You went over. <laughs> they went over mine, but short of yours. If they lose this but round, I'm is prices, it between? It's price is right rules. I can get under. <laughs> you just can't go over. Okay. And they went over yours. All right. They did. Let's go over to the tittle tattle. It's time for the stupidest name ever. It's the tittle tattle with kickoff. All right, the Western Conference Finals are set in the battle of two big men going at it with Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis. Who is your favorite all-time big man in NBA history? George Mirasan, seven foot seven. He's on my NBA 2K team right now. <laughs> okay. They're in the middle of the 90s. I remember George Mirasan, he was massive. Sean Bradley, too. Like, those dudes were so tall, but they were almost so tall that they weren't even effective because they were either so skinny. Mirasan's still, I mean, they're both still alive, I think. But Mirasan was 7'7". Seven, seven. He was like Elegante. Remember Elegante in wrestling? No. 7'7", seven seven, the giant, Elegante. Wait, the, the giant. No, Is that his not, real name? No, not no, Andre, Andre the Giant. The giant. No, you need to stop not understanding wrestling. <laughs> so Stone Cold Steve Austin? If I got to pick my favorite big man ever, the, the most unstoppable is Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, Shaquille, late Orlando, early Lakers... God, he's awesome. No, but they had to, in, they invented schemes just to try to slow him. Where they would just, they would set their bench differently. They would have players on their team that normally wouldn't make a roster because they needed big men to just foul them, and they couldn't run out of fouls with the big men that actually mattered. So you know, hack a shack. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they get them on the line, but you can't have your starting center or power forward or backup center. So what you do is you put four freaking centers on the bench. And then what do you do with the other two? You put them in and you, you hack Shaq and you get them at the free throw line. He ch- it was like me on Dancing with the Stars. I'll say it. They changed the rules after I left. They changed it for Shaq. So Shaq, probably my favorite big man ever. I just really didn't have a favorite because I don't have a favorite team. But Tim Duncan, legit, just because he was so consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Robinson, mm-hmm. at one point, they were together, which is crazy. I'm going to go Shaq, though, just because he, he's also just still fun now. I don't know. I know recency yeah. bias. He's the most likable, for yeah. sure. Uh, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, blue chips, you know? Blue chips. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> what, are we, what? Oh, my God. 
What, you, am, I, what am I missing here? Are you 12? <laughs> Why am I doing a show with a kid? Is this some science? Mike, is this some science project I'm doing with like an elementary school kid? No one ever told me this. I wasn't aware of that. Oh my God. Uh, Penny Hardaway? Yeah. There we go. What about him? Basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> played for the, no, played for the Magic. Is that what they used to call him? Is it Blue Chips? Huh. Well, Kevin, <laughs> this has been an uh, episode of Kids Do the Darndest Things. <laughs> it's, it's a movie. Mm-mm. Nothing? Nope. Okay. It doesn't matter. Shazam? Well, that's Shaq as a genie. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look up Blue Chips. Tell me what it says about you. <laughs> I'm looking up. Yeah, 1994. Sports drama. That's all it says. No, no description. <laughs> and it's Kazam. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, Kazam. You didn't even say that yeah. right. I know, I know. Eddie just walked in because he's going to do the camera for Marshall Label in a second. Guys, what the crap? Exactly. He's never, he doesn't know what Blue Chips is? No. Dude, what, it, what is it, Eddie? It, it's a movie that changed our life. Like, okay. Look at look it up. I, have you not found it yet? No, I Are did. Are you Googling literal blue tortilla chips? It's got, chips? Three, it's got 6.2 no. out of 10 stars, so it must oh, be great. Read Dude, what it's about. Nick Nolte. College basketball coach is forced to break the rules in order to get the players he needs to stay competitive. Sounds familiar. And who is in it? I'm looking for the cast here. Nick, Ed O'Neill, JT Walsh. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, Mary McDonald. Oh, Shaq, there yeah. he is. Oh, Keep going. he's Keep way down here. Keep going. Penny Hardaway. Uh-huh. Okay, Matt Nover. Yeah, Matt freaking Nover. How do you not know him? I don't, yeah, know, I don't know him either. Were <laughs> they, were, do they play as themselves? Wait. No. Or do they have character names? I, I don't remember that. From what I remember, I, think they were, I, I am for sure because I've seen it forever. Yeah, I've watched it like ago. seven times. You ever heard of a movie called The Program? Of course. Oh, oh yes. don't be, don't of course us. No, <laughs> which I think is overrated, by the way. Well, excuse I'm just gonna throw me? That out there. For the time, <laughs> it wasn't. Latimer's back. Latimer. Latimer's back. Dude, was crazy. At the time, it was not. Now, it probably doesn't hold up as well, but. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when he carried the football around, they tried to they fumble. Make a fumble in class. <laughs> and it goes it. out, and they're all diving for it in the hallway. Love it. That movie, when it went to theaters, it had them laying in the street as a team, laying in the middle. All the cars would go by, but then some kids actually tried it, and they got run over. So they pulled it out of the movie. Never saw that scene. Did you? Nope. Just heard yeah. about it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. All right. I wonder if that was even real. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story. That was Everyone the story. talked about that. All right. Next question. There. Uh, CP3 and the Suns were eliminated over the weekend from the playoffs. He has still yet to win a championship. Who are some of your favorites to never win a championship? I just NBA? wish Charles Barkley would have won a ring. We're talking about Shaq still being likable. I wish Barkley would have won a ring so people would shut up as that argument against him, even when they're arguing literally against him. Like, you ain't got no rings. Who He was still one of the most dominant players ever, ever, as a forward. Just almost. Those Phoenix teams, almost. But I wish Charles Barkley had a ring. Um... Did Nash, did he leave Dallas before they won that ring? Yeah. He left before they, I know, wow. Yeah, and they went to the Suns, and they made their runs and got stopped by the Lakers every year. Mm. And then Carl Malone, he went to ring chase with the Lakers, but they didn't win it with him, did nope. they? Mm-mm. That's three Hall of Famers, for sure. Yeah. But probably Charles Barkley. That's my favorite guy who's never won, also, I've never won a ring. <laughs> and I'm kind of my favorite, so. You won a Miraball, though. Yeah, but I didn't win an NBA championship ring. Miraball's above that, but I still haven't won the <laughs> NBA championship ring. All right, what else? <laughs> With the talks of Brady becoming part owner of the Raiders, if you could own one franchise, who would it be? 
or well, part owner? Yeah, my mind. Listen, if I'm going with the what's the what's the smartest team to own, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh. Play me, a cl- Eddie. We play your clips all the time. You do. Anytime we talk about the Cowboys, I'm like, "We them boys." <laughs> That's awesome. When I was at the ACMs this past week, they said, "Hey, the team wants to talk to you." I was doing all the press. They were like, "You need to skip this and come out with us." The team wants to talk to you. The Dallas Cowboys. Team? Yeah, the team. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, what?" They're like, "Yes, C- can you skip some of the interviews here?" Because the red carpet is just a bunch of interviews after pictures. The team wants to talk to you. And I just talked to Dak Prescott, who was super cool. And so I walk out and I walk all the way around to the backside of the building and I walk over and I'm literally looking for a bunch of guys in football uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like they take their team picture. That's what I think I'm walking into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the team media who wanted to talk to me. Oh, dang, dude. I thought I was walking into like the picture of the, I, I thought it was going to be all of them. That would have been amazing. There was no team there. Dang. It was a team media. All right. Uh, so probably it'd be the Cowboys in football, you know, obviously the Yankees in baseball, but I'm not a big fan. I don't like the Yankees at all. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan for the last eight months or so of my life. Yeah, you are. Got a Cowboys hat on now. You can't even tell, though. Because um, mm. I got a bunch of free stuff from our guy Tad, Cowboys merch. Yeah. That's right. He got his DC for Check this life. out. Dallas Cowboys for life. Hey, Pat's at Cowboys this year. Just throwing it out there. What? Um, but I, the Cubs. Okay. Well, awesome. you said the Yankees already. They got to pick. No, for me personally, if okay. it's like what team would I... If I were just like, you can have it, part of any team and... You can sell it in 10 years. It'd be the Cowboys or the Yankees. But if it's just like for fun, it would be the Cubs. You think if you owned the Cubs, you'd want to like oh, get Oh, look, who wants to be on the show now? He came during the <laughs> I know. I said, I know. what up? Hey. All of a sudden, he's hopping in. Mike, why is Mike still on over here? <laughs> would you want to like change the stadium and like upgrade it a little bit? Um, They have upgraded it. But like for real, for real. No. Because as a fan, I think we all love it. But I wonder if the it players sucks. like it. Um, You know what's interesting is I'm going to go and go back and do all that this year. I've never really? actually been in the guts of Wrigley. I've thought the first pitch before. Wow. Been to Wrigley to watch games. But I've never like gone and got to hang out. And do, I'm gonna go do that this year. Got a pretty cool connection. And it sucks to go. It's the worst, but it makes it the best of all the stadiums because it's not. You can only do so much. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, there are some upgrades. Old. There are, but I, I that don't that place will never change. I don't think. But like Yankee Stadium, they completely. Yeah. You know, it's brand. It's legit. No, Yank the new one. Yeah, the new one's it's okay. It's but it's not old. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah. They they moved to the Bronx. I guess is that where it is. Yeah, I, you, I just went like two years you ago. Yeah, subway and it's like right there. It's legit. I loved it. I mean, yeah. it's great. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's like too clean and sterile. Almost. I mean, it's yeah. like too. Have you been to Fenway? I've been to Fenway. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Fenway. Yeah. I know that you obviously do since you're a Red Sox fan, all Boston all the time. Yeah, but <laughs> they've done a pretty good job at up. Uh, Dating-ish Fenway. Yeah, I mean, it's old. It has an old feel yeah. to it, but that's what makes it so great. Yeah. All right, what else? Last one. Did you have a favorite NFL schedule release video over the weekend? Oh, yeah, it was the Titans easily because yeah. they went to drunk people and they were like, who's this team? And they were like, the Lightning McQueens. <laughs> no, it was the, <laughs> the, the Chargers. The 69ers. Eddie's uh, fantasy team, 69ers. <laughs> yeah, the Titans one went viral. Yeah. There are a lot of them were shown a lot and they were pretty cool. Like the Chargers had an anime one, which I don't like anime, but it like all over the world. It was a big deal because people like that the anime, um, but yeah, the Titans was awesome. They, didn't, they just went to drunk people. One of my buddies, like, guess that shows you how much Titans fans like their own team in football. I'm like, no, those aren't These Titans aren't, fans. Yeah. They're just drunk people from out of town. <laughs> yes. And the people they went to, they probably got the right answers. They didn't put on the clip. Exactly. It wasn't like we're gonna talk to 20 people only and we'll put them up. It was like, no, you find the most entertaining ones and you put them up there. Yes. So the Titans one was awesome. I love it. All right, there you go. That's Tittle Tattle. All right, the reason Eddie came in the room, Mark Schleyball is here. 
We're going to talk to him in just a second. He is ESPN's lead golf writer covering PGA Tour and Live Golf, reporting from the PGA Championship all week. Follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore Schleybaugh. He's written a whole bunch of books, but he's the golf guy. We wanted to talk golf. Let's do it now. Here he is. Hey, Mark. How's it going, man? Good. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, good. I got... I got a lot of stuff to ask you. First of all, when you get out to a, a major and it's a Monday and your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days or so away, like how serious are these guys this early in the week? I think they're pretty serious. I mean, especially in a place like um, Oak Hill where they're, you know, it's, they just it just over had a renovation and greens have been moved and buckers have been removed and tees have been backed up. So I think the going out and playing nine – the next couple of days and then playing some of holes on Wednesday is pretty important just in terms of preparation. I got to play the Pebble Beach Pro-Am last year, and it was the first time I'd been out as the caddies were also out. You know, they have their notepads. The caddies are out by themselves just walking around making notes on things. But if their course has been renovated, are they, like, doing double time now since they have no experience there at all? Yeah, some guys are. I mean, some guys have been out and played it. I saw Phil Mickelson was out, um, I think it was last week, up in Rochester, getting his first look at it so definitely i mean you know it's been 10 years since a pga championship was played in rochester so um there wasn't going to be a lot of familiarity with it anyway jason day wins the tournament yesterday how legitimate is momentum in golf because if i go play a week two days later sometimes i suck the next time i play is momentum in golf a real thing yeah i think i mean i think it is for the for these guys probably not as much for you and i (laughs) Like, you know, I, I play four days in a row. I'm throwing up 98, 100 the last day usually. Um, but, the, you know, if you're not Tiger Woods, you know, winning a tournament and then winning a major the next week doesn't happen very often. A few guys other than Tiger have done it. But um, I think nowadays you just put so much focus and, and mental, you know, into, into getting the thing done on Sunday. It's really tough to bounce back the next week. When the Masters happened and the Live guys were out and the PGA guys were out, I mean, was there any actual real animosity between the human beings while that was happening? No. I mean, you know, I I think some guys, like some PGA Tour guys, like some Live guys better than others. I think most of them get along with Dustin Johnson and and Brooks Koepka and, and guys like that. And then they don't as much like Patrick Reed and Sergio Garcia and some others. But I think from a personal standpoint, I don't think there's much animosity. I just think guys got pissed off that the live guys decided to to sue the PGA Tour. Do you think Patrick Reed's a cheater? I don't want to join the lawsuit, Bobby, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Okay, okay. Somehow I I have not been named a uh, (laughs) defendant since his defamation lawsuit against about every other media entity out there. Now, I'm telling you, I watch those clips. And I, I mean, I, well, I'll let the video speak for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's crazy. Patrick Reed, man, that's not my guy for sure. Uh, so here we go. It's this week, John Rom number one. We, we yesterday, if uh, because Jason Day won, and we if we would have seen uh, Scheffler won, he would he did jump to number one in the in the world. Who's hotter right now though, Rom or Scheffler? I think John Rom. I think. You know, I think Scotty's cooled off a bit, but still the best two players in the world right now. Certainly, Rory McIlroy's taking a step back after the Masters and is still trying to get things right between the ears. But I just think John Rahm, with the way he's hit it off the tee, his iron play, 
you know, work around the greens, which used to not be one of his strengths. He, you know, six worldwide victories to have to go with Rom. Do you have relationships with these guys because you're out covering them so much? It's just hard not to have relationships with them. Do you ever get a chance to go out and do and play any sort of practice round with them under the guise of, hey, this is work? No, not at an actual tournament. I've played some uh, rounds with you know, off weeks or during the, the winter or whatever. It's probably not a more intimidating thing to do. You cut out. Who'd you say there? No, I just said some guys. Oh, got it. Blow it past you. Oh, so it, when you see Rory in person, I've never seen Rory in person. Is he jacked? Does he always wear tight shirts? He's pretty jacked. And he puts in the effort. You know, he's a smaller guy, stature-wise, but he, he's pretty ripped. Yeah, to me... Not Tiger Woods ripped. Wait, is Tiger still ripped upper body, though? Oh, yeah. Tiger's ripped. Not as much as he once was, but he is. I hear stories of when Tiger walks through the clubhouse from some of my friends who play or are part of the tour and tiger still rolls with a pretty big entourage security mostly do you kind of know tiger's coming before he's coming i i I saw drake once at a restaurant and all of a sudden there was all these security guys were like well somebody's about to show up and then drake showed up is that how tiger is oh yeah yeah and it's it's there's there's about 10 to 15 media people that regularly cover the tour whenever tiger shows up that's where most of the the media folks are too all right, here we are. It's it's another major. If you had to pick one, what's it rhyme with? We're not going to make you pick one. What's it rhyme with? Who who do you like? One, two, three. Give me three guys that you'd feel like if you were rhyming, who you would rhyme their name with? Uh, Feffler, <laughs> Tom. Okay. And who would be the third one? Uh, awfully. Hmm. I'll let you figure that one out. Shoffly. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Uh, Eddie, what's up? Yeah, turn your mic on, buddy. Hey, Mark, how's it going, man? Um, a c- quick question, just about Ricky Fowler. Like in the past few years of Ricky Fowler, it's been tough, you know, not not making a lot of cuts. But this season, you start to see a little more Ricky now. Like, what have you talked to him, or do you know what he's been doing different? I mean, he's playing a lot better golf. Yeah, you know, the deal with Ricky. People have told me the deal with Ricky over the years was he just never really wanted to put in the practice time. He's just one of those guys that that wanted to go out and play and didn't really want to grind on the range and work on the technical parts of the game. And I think with maturity, he's kind of turned the, the corner with that. I know he was working with John Tillery, a, a swing coach, and they broke up and he's with a different guy now, but got back into the top 50 in the world. And, you know, he's got a chance to get in the other majors this summer. So certainly a, a resurgence as well for him. Let me ask you about swing coaches in general. A swing coach that will because we see them out on the road, out on tour with these guys. Like, did their swings change that much week <laughs> to week? Like, really, the intricacies of the swing. I get it because I don't have whatever intricacy you need to be consistently good. What's a swing coach's job day-to-day with a person? Basically to keep bad thoughts out of their heads, I think. I mean, most of these guys, the really good guys, have a swing coach, a putting coach, a short game coach a trainer, a chef, everything else. But swing coach, I think is a lot of it's just keeping bad thoughts out of his head, keeping good ones in there, and then making sure they're playing with confidence. I need one of those for life. I, mean, I need a therapist to travel when I tour. Dang. Uh, what about – you watch Full Swing? Did you get a chance to watch that? I'm sure you did, right? I watched, yeah, I watched most of it. My daughter's watched all of it. What did you feel – who did you feel was most accurately represented and who did you feel came off most likable that we learned about for the first time? Yeah, I love I love the uh, episode with Joel Damon, um, who not a lot of people know, but the guy that overcame cancer, 
Um, you know, his caddy's a really good dude. Finau is another one, Tony Finau, just a family guy. I wrote today, it wouldn't surprise me to see Finau shoot 65 on Thursday and then keep, take his kids to Niagara Falls. <laughs> I just, that's just the way he rolls. They're at every tournament with him. But, uh, yeah, I think Brooks, Kepka. a lot of people don't like him, but I don't think he was portrayed very favorably in that. And he kind of moaned about it at Augusta National. But he could be a factor here this week as well. He's playing really well. And it's hitting the B, it's the ball far, and you're going to have to hit it far and head it straight here off the tee to, to have a chance. Well, I, I wasn't a Kepka fan. I wasn't a Kepka hater until I watched Full Swing. I, I can't stand Kepka because of how – I don't know how he's portrayed or if they just ca- – listen, I did a reality show once, and I knew anything I said could be used, but anything I couldn't say couldn't be used because you can't. they can't use what you don't say. So he said all the stuff. I'm not sure if he feels like he was accurately portrayed or not. But God dang, man, I finished that, and I was like, I do not like that dude. Nah, I think he, at that point he was really, really vulnerable. I mean, I think that's the only reason he went to live other than the money was he thought he was done. He thought his knee was toast and he wasn't going to be able to compete with the young kids anymore. And I think he was just so vulnerable at that moment that that's how he, he came across. But, um, you know, it's he still got something left in the tank. He proved it at Augusta. So are you telling me, and we only got two more questions here, are you telling me that I should like him more than I do, Mark? I think you should probably like him more than you like Patrick Reed. I'm telling you, that ain't very like. I'm all, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what do you do all week? You're there, I mean, it's it's freaking Monday, and this thing doesn't even start till Thursday, and then you're there till Sunday. Like, they give you a nice hotel, you're there for a whole week. I, when I'm gone for a week, I'm, I'm miserable. Yeah, it's, it's it's a Monday to Monday deal, and I do like six or seven of these every summer. It's, you know, it's good. It's, look, I'm going to LA Country Club for the US Open, I'm going to Liverpool for the Open Championship, and then I'm heading over to Rome for the Ryder Cup. There are worse places to be, but, yeah, it's, it's a long week. I'll walk holes with guys in practice rounds if I'm working on a story on a specific guy. But, um, you know, it's it's not bad. Let me ask you one final question, not about golf, but uh, you've written so many books, but I do want to ask about Duck Dynasty and the time that you spent with those folks what was your takeaway after finishing your time with them? I talked to one of them a couple of weeks ago. One, I mean, probably one of the biggest surprises and successes of my career. That I think we ended up doing seven books with them. Um, and I just remember I went out to do Phil, uh, Willie and Corey's book, and they said Phil wanted to see me. So I went out to Phil, Phil's uh, home on the river and, he said, well, if you're smart enough to write Willie's book, you're smart enough to write my book. And we were eating dinner. And I took a uh, bit of piece of fried chicken. And Phil looked at me and he said, Schlebo, it's going to be a rough winter. And I said, why is that? He said, that squirrel you just ate had extra thick fur. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate the time. Have a great week. It's the beginning of the grind for you, too. So I respect it. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, hope to talk to you soon. All right, schedule release. It felt like a bigger deal this year. Like, they built it up more. Because they even had a day of, we're going to give you the day when we give you the day of the schedule release. <laughs> so, and eventually, because I used to think the draft, although interesting, it wasn't something I would ever watch more than a pick. But now the draft is the thing. We sit, we watch, we... Eventually, they're going to make a TV show out of the schedule release. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be like the big game from week one. Or what I think they should do is do the schedule release, but they've got 
three teams sitting together, full pads. (laughs) And they go and they go, okay, Jets, Bills, and like the Colts. And they're like, Colts, you're free to go. And the Jets and the Bills got to play each other right then, right after the schedule release show. And they play, and the winner of that game is, I don't know, home field Super Bowl. Some, some like, fun thing. But, mm-hmm. they, but they don't get stretched or anything. It's just, like, you're in, you're cold, put your pads on, play ball, and then loser gets killed. Oh. They kill him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're doing the old Roman days, huh? It's, like, for sure, like, Hunger Games type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually they're going to make this a show, right? Oh, yeah. Even NFL Network has a, a program where it's, like, schedule to release it. Yeah, but I mean, like, but like, like, not a legit. But it's gonna get it's like con- selection Sun that Sunday. That's a show. The NFL yes. draft. That's a show. We look forward to all that. But I have here a few teams. We'll go over the over unders. Cincinnati Bengals over under eleven and a half games. And again, I'm not, I'm not looking at the whole schedule. So you're just going by gut. I'm not gonna hold you to it. Cincinnati Bengals over eleven and a half. I'm gonna go over. Over. Kansas City Chiefs over eleven and a half. Over. Yeah, proved me you're not gonna yeah, be awesome. Exactly. Over. Yeah. 49ers over under. Under. I go under two only because what's going to happen to quarterback? Mm-hmm. We do not know. Mm-hmm. If the season started now, I guess they're Sam Darnold will be their starter. Yeah. Just because of injuries, I don't think anybody else could play, right? No, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to be good to go. Not about right now, season? today. Oh, right now, Sam yeah, Darnold no. would have to be the starter, right? That would be it. Yeah. If we did my game for a TV show, yeah, and it was a 49ers, Sam Darnold would have to play the game. Go Sam. <laughs> Jaguars over under ten and a half. Over just because that division's so bad. That's what I was going to say. And they also have some promise, but they're still the Jaguars. It's like exactly. we saw them last year versus all the other years we've seen them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, the division is so bad. Let's go with Buffalo Bills. Over under 10.5. Over, but not by much. Isn't 11 f- wins. Funny that we find out now that Josh Allen and the reason that he was getting yelled at on the sideline was because he was obviously his head wasn't in because. His girlfriend had found out he was cheating on her the day before. Oh, you don't know about it? I didn't see that. Wait, wait, no, what? It's the whole story. Now? In May? No, but she found out the day before that playoff game. They lost. And I don't know who was receiver running back. Somebody was yelling at him on the sidelines. Wasn't it Stephon Diggs? It was Diggs. Yes. Diggs was, but that's what happened. So apparently, allegedly, word on the street is, I'm going to say all those terms. (laughs) (laughs) His girl found out that he was cheating on her. They've been together since high school. And she, like, peaced out. And that was right when the playoffs were happening. Oh, wow. And he had a terrible game. I did not hear anything about that. Yeah, keep your weenie honest. That didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Buffalo Bills, we did that one. Uh, Eagles, over under 10 and a half. I'm going to go under. Controversial pick. I think the Cowboys. I think the Commanders. I think the Giants. It's a pretty good division. Yeah, I'll go under as well. Pretty good division. Uh, the bottom barrel teams, the Cardinals and the Texans, have an over-under of five and a half. You know, I'm going to go Texans over. I think they can get six, seven wins. I like it. Not because C.J. Stroud, but because they, yeah, I think C.J. Stroud's just an upgrade, though, too, even though he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I don't know if I'm going over and they're in the bad I don't know division. if I'm going over. I'm just kind of talking myself into yeah. not. But yeah, they're in the division with the Colts and the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And the Titans. The Titans might be pretty good. See, I'm going under. I've changed my mind. Okay. Live, live, live under there. there. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Tatum dropped 51. We talked about it. Celtics whoop up on the Sixers. 
If the Celtics win in the East, boy, that Lakers Nuggets series is going to be good. How do you feel about that going in? Because you're such a big Lakers guy. I'm not a big Lakers guy. I just think that I bet on them to make the playoffs. I'd like to see LeBron win another ring only because I love... It's not controversy, but I love when there's something to talk about. And mostly people are like Jordan over LeBron. It's probably 65-35 if you were to just put a straight gauge over all of America and who they feel is the greatest of all time. If LeBron wins another ring, it's probably then 55-45. Michael, still, because people that are older and saw Michael are going to hold on to that. But if LeBron wins another ring, that's trouble. He's, him, he's got the scoring record. Oh, that's what I like, though. I want to see that because I want there to be an argument. In football, there is no argument anymore. It's Tom Brady. That's right. That's going to be a good one. That's, I want, that's why I want the Lakers to win. But, man, Jokic is so good. I can't wait to see Jokic. He's and so Davis good. He's like, it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like somebody playing pickup ball, does all the funny stuff, yeah. but he's making it against NBA teams. Yeah. So that's what's up. Thank you very much. Let's close it out. All right, closing remarks. Kevin, what do you have? I watched, speaking of Jordan, I watched the movie Air over the weekend. Is it on, you watching Amazon? Amazon, yes. And it was awesome. I know Mike's talked about it a little bit, and he liked it. It was really, really, really good. I went to the theater and watched it, and I, I never want to go to the theater again. Beforehand, I was never going. I already swore it off. <laughs> and I went, and I enjoyed it, and I'm never going back. Some guy was, like, cheering along with her, like, I told you. Oh, like, what God. What did you tell me? What did you tell me? You didn't tell me anything. <laughs> the story's already written itself. I told you it was going like, to be good. Like, I told, no, it's like something happened, like... Somebody designs a shoe. I told you. I know who he's talking to. <laughs> he didn't tell me anything. And you're not sitting. He was sitting alone. <laughs> what? And Caitlin's like, why is that guy yelling? Like it's an actual sporting event. Yeah. And he was like, yep. Boom. Knew it. That was me last night while yeah. watching it. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It really was great. Awesome. Uh, let's go over to Reed. Reed, what's going on, buddy? I have never been more ready for something in my entire life. Puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> and that something is our 2K NBA League. Did you play uh, all your games? Yeah. Oh, well, good. no, I think I have one more. You got to play it today. Our, Today's last day. Yeah, our playoffs, which I was also going to ask you. I can't remember when our playoffs were. So I was They'll start you. in the next couple of days. And I have a money in our 2K League. If you play all your games and you win your first playoff game, you get $10. After that, it's 20 more dollars. If you win the whole league, you get 100 bucks. Okay. So, and Reed's got Shaq. Reed drafted Shaq with nice. the Nuggets. When Shaq was a rookie. So, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be fun. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I went to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium for the ACMs, but it wasn't the stadium. It was the Ford Center, which is their practice facility. Except don't hear the words practice facility and think it's actually a practice field where you just do some crap. It's nicer than any... It's better than half the football stadiums have been into, college football stadiums. It's so all the offices there too, and all the gear, all the memorabilia, the gear. There's a museum. The whole community, really. It's freaking legit. Really? Yeah, they got seat. They have uh, like high school games there. I don't think they play a state championship game there. I think they play that in the big one, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they play playoff games there. I thought we're going to the practice field to do the ACMs. No, no, no. It's like the one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like all the they have all the mannequins of all the hel- with all the helmets from over the years. And I stood there and got, I kind of got in trouble. But I got in the middle of them and did a picture. Like, looking like it. But, like Eddie says in our clip, how about them Cowboys? You know what I mean? Wow! How about them Cowboys? There he is. There he is. So, <laughs> it's pretty cool to see that. I mean, they got some... I don't know if you guys know this. I don't want to spoil this, and I don't want to get in trouble for saying it, but Jerry Jones is rich. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wow. real nice. So. Like rich, rich? Yeah. Rich, rich, rich. <laughs> That's it.
Thank you. We'll see you when we see you. Who knows if we'll ever come back, but that's it for uh, this week's episode of 25 Whistles. Goodbye, everybody. Theme song written by Bobby Bones and performed by Brandon Ray. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our crew, segment producer at Kickoff Kevin, video producer at Reed Yarberry, and executive producer at Mike Distro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones. We'll talk to you next week.